This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Brian Fellows returns to Saturday Night Live. Wolfman's got nards. And we try to see if Paul knows his fatalities from his slasher kills. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. It's the invasion of the podcast. Uh, welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, uh, taking over the world one listener at a time with um, a, a wonderful intro by, by Dracula. I'm glad he stopped by to do that. I appreciate that. Usually you're not glad if Dracula stops <laughs> by. <laughs> this time, you know, he's just like, you know what, guys? I owe you a solid. I'll do this for you. Yeah, we need a sound bit. Yeah, yeah. We, we wrangled up all those people for you to feed off of and gain <laughs> sustenance from. It's, it's the people that were listening to the show. We're just like, here. So a lot of people. We yeah. gave a lot of people to Dracula. Yeah. So uh, I, I am Paul. Creature ate my Twinkie Stedman, and to my left, as always, is Joe those Michael Jackson yellow cat eyes scared the shit out of me. Peters. Oh, those were creepy. Yeah, I just, I know we weren't going to talk about Thriller yet, but I just like, I had to, th- <laughs> to hear the Vincent Price laugh. Yeah. I remember as a kid, just that part in the video when Michael Jackson would turn around and have those eyes and it would freeze frame, mm-hmm. scared the life out of me as a kid. I had to actually flip the channel. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't watch all that. That was great creature effects. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about, um, obviously more Halloween stuff. Uh, and, but before we go into, to news, I wanted to, to bring up something to Joe and get his opinion about something. So past couple of years, I've been addressing it for Halloween because I'm an adult and I've always been trying to come up with a uh, different uh, costumes that would fit more for me. Cause I'm, I'm overweight, like not like, um, not like honey boo boo overweight, but I'm, you know, overweight. I was a couple years ago. I did, uh, um, the, uh, what was it? Uh, Walter Sobchak from, uh, big Lebowski. I've done Hagar the horrible. I've done Dennis Nedry last year, which was a really good costume. Yes. So this year I was like, if I had the time and the money, I would try to put together a barf costume from Spaceballs. Oh, that would be really good. I don't think I have the time right now to put that together. No, you just need a brown jumpsuit. No. And, and I want to do it right. I want to get like you know the like the wig and the ears and get some Converse shoes. Like I, if I want to do it, I want to do it right. Okay. Um, so I'm debating about what should what I should do, but there comes this problem though. I have that um, I feel like a lot of people will dress up with it. Like they they'll get into costumes that aren't their body type. And, and that always happens. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, that's that's um, poor life decision, Harry Potter. I don't want that to happen, you know. Or you know, it's, I don't need like you know, it's like oh, it's he just had a rough thirties, that Harry Potter guy. You know, I don't I don't want that. Because what I was thinking about doing, and you have a, you, clearly you're, you're you're shaking your head. No, I'm just thinking about something. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I have to say it now. Yeah. So I remember like like six. I was probably about seven or eight years ago. I remember I was I was probably about twenty pounds more than I weigh now, and I remember I dressed up as ha- uh, Han Solo. Badly. I think everybody could talk about. Yep, <laughs> I remember badly, badly. Uh, it was it was it was a it was a good costume, but like a lot of people didn't know who I was because I didn't have like the whole ensemble. But I mean, everybody who knew Han Solo, like my friends, they were like, "What's Han Solo?" And you had made a comment that I was actually Han Solo's like 
heavier brother Scott like, Solo, Scott or Solo like, yeah, just older or brother, like, like the dream didn't come together for, yeah, for Scott Solo yeah. and I remember and I was just like oh yeah I don't look anything like Han Solo so I was like so I was, I, you, you, you so I was than I, would. I was that guy I was that guy okay so there okay you, so you're just like I know what Blanche. I know what you're talking about okay I'm thinking about dressing up as Rick from Rick and Morty just getting the lab coat getting like a blue long sleeve shirt I could make the portal gun but I'm just going to go as fat Rick because I figure there's enough Ricks in the universe. Well, yeah, there's there's the whole uh, Council of Ricks. You could just be another Rick. But, and, another and plus dimension. there was like uh, the episode where he was Tiny Rick. So I figure if I just go as hey, Fat Rick. Tiny Rick. I just, I don't know. I think that would actually be pretty easy to do. I just got to find a, a nice uh, I think you should go Doc Brown it. wig and just oh, like, a, like a lab coat. Make so, sure you just get like the drool and the... I was going to get, I was going to have Mary maybe do like some makeup on my lip to make it look like he always has like that... Uh, Perpetual. Like, is, is it like drink or vomit that's on his lip? I think it's drink, but, because he's an alcoholic, but I mean, he could be, it could be vomit because yeah. you could be vomit, you're an alcoholic too. I just think it'd be fun. It'd just give me an excuse just to be a jerk mm-hmm. and drink. I mean, I, I, do you really need an excuse for that on Halloween? No. Just but, make sure you got your flask and your portal gun, you're good. I could make a portal gun. That, yeah, the I think portal it's gun's like, pretty yeah. easy. Just go buy like a like a $5 remote control. I was thinking about buying like a really cheap, like hairbrush, like from like a, like a dollar tree and then like mm-hmm. doing it up and putting like some gadgets on it and like yeah. cutting all the, the, the whatever. Oh the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could. That'd be but, a cool costume. Yeah. Just, I think you should do it. Okay. I don't think you should worry about what you look like. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I get that. It's like, I'm not going to go and like win an award or be like, Oh, who are you kidding? Rick's real thin. You're not Rick. You know, as long as you're, you're not trying to squeeze in a Deadpool leotard, I'm cool. Yeah. You know, I went to, uh, Mid Ohio Con a few years ago, and there was a girl walking around as Ramona Flowers that was definitely not the same size or shape as Ramona Flowers, and I just didn't know how I felt about that. But she had fun, so better. She's a stronger person than I am to go out and dress That's like all that. that. Matters, yeah, yeah. So, and also there, there's those guys that all there's all I see so many fat Ghostbusters running around. Like everybody's a Ghostbuster. So just put on a jumpsuit, you're good to go. It doesn't matter what your body shape is. Mm-hmm. I could be a fat Ghostbuster, but I'm going to be Fat Rick. That's one. So glad that you backed me up on that. So on to this. We got some news here. Does that mean Mary's going to go as Unity? <laughs> she wants to dress up as Pam. Uh, from oh Archer. yeah, that's yeah. right. She told me that. Yeah. So we're going to have kind of a weird like um, Adult Swim and, and FX mashup. Like I, if I could pull off Archer, I would do Archer, but I'm not going to be Fat Archer. That's not the same thing. If I could be the blonde IT guy from Archer, you know, the one that's always in the control room, but I don't think people would get it. Yeah. I would just be just some some guy with blonde hair and wearing like just a pencil protector, and it wouldn't be wouldn't be the same thing. I can go as Fat Woodhouse. No, that's not really. Um, all right. So, also, I'm going to apologize in advance. If I come across as wheezy tonight, it, I don't know what. Think I, I think I'm dying. I don't know what's going on. You can get a pass after me and last week, okay? <laughs> so, don't worry about wheezy. I don't know what you're talking about last <laughs> week, Joe. You were on top of your game. It was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was on top of the game. All right. <laughs> So let's, well, first let's get to this and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. News team, assemble! Uh, news is brought to you by me, Weezing, and also uh, Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to tame the roughest of faces and alluring enough to draw on those who love it. Uh, draw in those who love it, not draw on those who love it. That would be, be weird. Uh, you can find that at mwbgroomingco.com. So I'm sure if somebody loves your beard, they'll let you draw on them. That's true. So last there's a lot of people that beards had tattoos. So last week you were trying to make an analogy. <laughs> okay, about I'm gonna, <laughs> shut up. 
I'm gonna make it. I'm, I'm gonna dying make, now. You're killing I'm me. I'm gonna make a public apology to jack o' lanterns and beards because I don't know what the hell I was talking about. We tried. Uh, like I don't we, even remember about eighty percent of it. Like I literally got in my car. I think it was like uh, Friday morning or Saturday morning, and I, I was like, you know, usually I always listen to the cast just to see how it went, and I got like to that part, and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> Like, I got a text saying I should not have been doing that. I'm like, that's eh, fine. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, and like Kevin and I had a good time. Uh, I hope people did too. There was a lot of uh, Jason X talk, a lot more Jason X talk than I, we were expecting. I don't think that had anything to do with the alcohol. I like Jason X. <laughs> I do too. Like Kevin was like, say that's the worst of the movies. I think it's one of the better ones. It it's is. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like yeah. I still think, I don't want to get into another Jason X rant, but I did a lot of research for the game later and and like that that um like some of the kills in Jason X were like way up there on the the best known Jason kills. Yeah, so um <laughs> so anyway, moving on to news, uh a uh, big one is uh Tracy Morgan uh coming back to SNL. He's not coming back as a cast member. He's going to host it. Well, yeah. But that's that's huge. Like I got really excited today when I found that out because um, he, uh, what year did that happen? And he got into a really, really bad car like accident. A couple years ago. I yeah. Think maybe like two years ago, something like that. I think it was a little longer than that. Yeah, it's been a while. But his limo got basically. It was like shortly after 30 Rock wrapped. I remember right. that. Uh, it was, his limo got uh, run over, um, like jackknife run over by a Walmart uh, semi-truck. And he was in the hospital for a long, long time on life support. And then um, I think one of his friends who was in the car actually passed away. Yeah. But um, and, and there was a lot of talks of like him never returning to work in show business. So uh, this was like the first thing I saw recent any you know since then that he's going to be doing any type of work. So I was really excited. And it's a it's a good thing for him to come back out on because I'm sure not only because Saturday Night Live kind of you know I mean he was it, I mean I don't know if he was a known commodity before joining, but I know he was on the up and up you know yeah. and and he. I, it's, he's one of those guys. It's like he does characters, but it's like his big thing is that you know him as Tracy Morgan, right? And he's just like he I, himself is a character. Like there's only a handful of those guys that can get away with playing themselves, and you're going to enjoy like Will Ferrell. The, yeah, like Will Ferrell plays himself, and you're just like it's hilarious. And Tracy Morgan's the same way. Like y- you don't ever think he's in a different character because he always acts like that, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah, so uh, like we're hoping for Brian Fellows to make it a return appearance. Oh yeah, um, but I, I think SNL is a really good. Uh, coming back point, not only because it's the show that pretty much helped launch his career, but also with that strong, I mean, supporting cast, I guess that's the way to say it, but like family mm-hmm. to help him. So if there's any still limitations physically, people could swoop in and pick up the slack and make sure that he is in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm. So and I'm excited for that. I was like, I think last year they did the 40th <clears throat> anniversary, I was telling Paul, and um, he didn't even make it for that because he was still uh, recovering. And it was kind of sad because, like, everybody was there. I mean, you had, like, Martin Short, Steve Martin. I think Bill even, Murray was even there. Joe yeah. Piscopo was even You know, it was like anybody and everybody who had been on SNL was there. And I don't think it had anything to do with Tracy not wanting to be there. It was, no. you know, it was just, the you know, he was still laid up. Do you remember, uh, this has nothing to do with him, but do you remember Bill Murray doing the whole Those We've Lost segment like he just kind of said all the names of the people yeah that then was john lovitz yeah that the crowd. john lovitz and john lovitz is like okay i, I just I enjoyed that it's yeah. like even after all that we're gonna still make a john lovitz joke so yeah. I, i'm excited i know snl right now it's a shot in arm that they need because uh and this is a whole another discussion for another day but that it seems like um the past couple of years it's one of those like rebuilding phases where they're still trying to find their feet, footing with the new cast and so it isn't always the strongest 
coming out, mm-hmm. but it's going to take a little while. But yeah. I think this is like one of those ones that I think everybody comes in and clears the decks to make this like a like a great episode. Yeah. So all right, um, yeah. Godspeed, uh, uh, Tracy Jordan. Hopefully, uh, you get your Apollo rocket that you're supposed to be on, or whatever it was. What was it a spaceship that he wanted to be on in Thirty Rock, where he wanted to be? He had this whole thing in his contract about how he had to be in like the Apollo spaceship. Yeah, he he had he was ridiculous on Thirty Rock too. Like ah, such, yes, such a such a great comedian. <laughs> uh, that goat's got double eyes. All right, uh, moving on here. Um, other big things. Uh, I'm going to go just reverse order what I have here listed. Why the Last Man? Getting a TV series. That's cool. I mean, we talked about that before. Not the TV series, but the movie. I think there, no, there was yeah. talks of a movie. Talks and then, of a yeah. movie, and then like after the fact, like I think we even touched on like that. That series needs to be a show, just like Walking Dead was. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm kind of excited about that because I, that was a really good book, and plus it was a story that was done by a Cleveland native. So yeah, and I, I read a little bit more about this. So um, whenever there was talks of making a new movie. Uh, Basically, a lot of the studios were like, they wouldn't commit to more than one movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a story that doesn't really contain itself to one, like, hour and a half, two hours. Right. right? You can't wrap it up in, like, two hours. So when the rights reverted back to, to Vaughn, there was a lot of talk of uh, that something may never happen because I think he was done with TV because I think Under the Dome kind of ruined him, which I don't blame him because Under the Dome's kind of not great. Um, but that's, he did, that's he, your, isn't that your boy, though? It was an okay book, but that show was crap. Yeah, okay. I didn't watch it. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it's it just got sillier and sillier as it went. And the book itself was kind of a far-fetched thing. It's just like, you know, the Simpsons movie. You just put a town in a dome and see what happens, right. you know? But, uh, did yeah. somebody say that in the show? Were they like, Simpsons did it? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I didn't watch fast. Like, I watched a little bit. I'm like, I'm done with this. But he supposedly walked away from television, and now that this is coming back, he supposedly worked out a deal with FX, which I think is a good place for it to land. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think, uh, like, FX can take a little bit of chances, and they have the budget to make, like, good quality shows. So it isn't just, like, this isn't, like, not I me. Mean, I guess they, even some of the smaller channels are doing really well now, too. Like, CW, I wouldn't consider a big channel, but they have, like, their shows look good. Right. So well, I think Warner Brothers is, or uh, DC is really carrying a lot of that. Yeah, and, I, and with FX being backed by Fox, I mean, it's, like, there's going to be money there. And I, as long as it's handled well, I think it fits that brand of, compelling and interesting but a lot of things people forget about why the last man is it's really funny so i think it's going to be a good balance so i'm looking forward to that so it's exciting so i know we talk a lot about comics but that's one i'm going to press i'm going to keep um, presenting and make sure everybody has to read it that's your homework next week uh, read why the last man entirely entirely and then we'll talk about it well i wouldn't say entirely get, get just get just, through the first trade if you can read buy half it or download it. it no <laughs> it's it's a good story yeah <clears throat> All right, uh, next bit. Warner Brothers and Legendary have officially uh, united their Godzilla and King Kong franchises. Because though King Kong hasn't been made yet, they're now partnering them up for a shared universe, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong in 2020. I think after the last Godzilla movie, like I was telling you, it's going to be hard. Because like in the other ones, is Godzilla was always the bad guy. And King Kong always, everybody always rooted for King Kong when they fought. You know, in the movie and outside the movie. But like, I, I really enjoyed Godzilla himself in the last yeah the Godzilla Gareth Edwards movie. the the newest one right yeah yeah like I thought he was I thought they did a, the 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 character justice as like an anti hero monster as like a force of nature right mm-hmm. like and I and I liked um at the beginning where they kind of hinted that like the actual like the Pacific like bomb tests were all about trying to stop it stop uh, him from coming out yeah and yeah then, yeah it just it was. I liked it. I feel like the movie kind of kind of drug in a few places, but I don't know if it was Godzilla itself. I think it was more the human cast. Yeah, the human element of that movie, I I I, I did not like at all. Um, like 
You know, I was going to see a monster movie, and it's and it's not to say that 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 that, that that's what you should expect because Pacific Rim's human element was good. Yeah, I know? mean, it was it was like I mean, it could have been better, but it was go- better than you know, and, right? And I, it made me more interested to watch the movie than just like you know, give me some more robot fighting di- uh, monster action. Whereas with Godzilla, I was just like, can we skip past all this? Brian Cranston's gone. Can we just yeah. watch the monsters fight? And why would you make one of your main characters a bomb disposal guy, and he never once actually disposes of a bomb? I don't know. That just seems like like an odd character thing to bring in and be like, by the way, that's never going to pay off, but we're going to make a big deal about it. It just seems kind of odd. So uh, King Kong hasn't actually been made yet. There's been some more casting announcing, like rumors for, like I guess, John Goodman's part of this now, like the, the King Kong movie that's coming. It's just, sorry, Skull Island. We don't even know how that's going to be, but yet they're already John announcing. I think John Goodman could play a good... Um... King Kong? No, 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 no. The guy that 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 tries to um, take Kong back, the guy Jack Black played in the the remake. Oh well, do you think they're going to go that route where it's like they're like the expedition to go find? I don't know how they're going to bring them together. Yeah, because I feel like they need a jumping off King Kong movie to put them together. I I don't want them to do a Batman versus Superman thing. <laughs> like I don't want them to make a Superman Godzilla movie and then just be like, yeah, we just we just got Ben Affleck play King Kong. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I just. Not for, that not not that they needed, not that Batman needed that. But how much story do you really need for a large uh, lizard that that shoots fire and a large gorilla? Well, if they're going to make it like an expanded universe in the movie, Godzilla, he woke up as like a defense type thing because there were like oh the, yeah because the the moth things yeah. yeah so those things woke up and then he woke up so like is King Kong going to be in the same line as that? Because to me, King Kong was never like one of those irradiated monsters. He was no. he was just a giant gorilla. That lived on this fantastical island. So, well, then, then that means to me that I have a feeling that what's going to happen is that they're going to have just like a superhero team up where they both fight to begin with, and then there's a bigger threat. Like whether it be like you know, it would like, cross my fingers. Would it be great if Gamera showed up? Even though he's supposed to be a good guy, I want more big monsters. Give me a big turtle. Give me Mechagodzilla. I don't know if Mechagodzilla. Who's the three-headed one? The King um, uh, Rodan? No, Rodan, Rodan? Rodan's the big pterodactyl. Rodan's the big... Gyrodon, I think. Is King, that something like that? I don't know. I don't know my monsters I'm, uh, well enough. I, am I, I mixing them up with Power Rangers? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, this goes back to our very first episode talking about uh, uh, connected universes. Like, I guess in this sense, this does go back to like the original Japanese monster movies where they kind of all did connect and they all had like the big thing was to have versus movies and fight movies and that all makes sense. But it just feels like now that this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for every single studio saying we have to connect everything we do. Yeah. I think, um, I think with, um, what was it? Marvel probably doing that and everybody going, look how successful that was. Let's just do that with everything. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm sure we'll have thoughts and feelings about this in five years when the movie comes out. You know what nobody learned, though, is, and this is funny because it ties into what we're, we've, we've been talking about. Oh, it's actually going to tie into what we're going to talk about later, too, with the, the Universal Monsters. Right, and even Jason and Freddy. They did a Jason versus Freddy movie, which wasn't, like, as mind-blowing as, as other connected universe stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's true. Uh, so as more details come out in the next five years, I'm sure we'll talk about it. So last bit of news. I want to bring up real quick because I think it's really interesting and neat. Uh, Paramount has actually put a lot of movies for free on YouTube. So if you go and check, it's called the Paramount Vault. Go look. It, there's a lot of older titles, but it's like there's a weird mix, and I guess there's supposed to be more coming. But it's like they're, they're nice quality. They're HD. You can just watch them, full-length movies. First time I've ever seen a studio actually just say, here, have some movies. Just watch them. No strings attached. I think that's really cool. And 
I think some of these properties that they have, it's like, it's not making any money not being shown. So why not just get out there and like get people maybe interested in stuff that they may ever, maybe not have watched before. Right. And I think like with generations, especially like you said, old movies, you know, a lot of, um, you know, ki- younger kids nowadays aren't going to get exposed to some of that cinema. Yeah. If they if they have to go and drop like five, you know, 10 bucks on, you know, uh, you know, Apple's store, or if they go to buy a physical copy somewhere, you know, and YouTube does have the ability to rent movies too. So, I mean, this is like them just, I guess they're just expanding on that where it's like, yeah, you could do that or you could watch this too. Right. But I mean, the free content is usually what grabs a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no, there's no risk in dropping money on something that you might not like, but it gives you a chance to check it out. So, yeah. So, and I want to point out, um, there was a movie that, uh, we talked about last week, uh, when we had Kevin on the show, the, the loved ones, which is an Australian, uh, I don't want to say exploitation because that's not really the right word, but it's more of like a, it's not even a slasher either, but it's about this guy who um, gets abducted by a girl who asked him to prom and, and he said no. So she ends up tying him to a chair in like her house and then acts out prom. It's really, really good hmm. and messed up and it's all free to watch and I re- highly recommend it. Is that on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, okay. I, I watched it a couple of years ago. It's like, I really liked it. I ended up watching half of it again last night just to see, Oh, is this going to work? Cool. And I just started watching it again. Yeah. Um, pretty vicious, but it's definitely worth watching. So, um, and that's, uh, it for news. And now, um, we have plenty of wonderful monster things to talk about as I stall for time. Cause I was going to find buttons to press and you know, it's just like, Oh wait, no, we got two more things to go over before I even went to the monster stuff. We got, uh, this, I almost forgot again about Star Wars. I probably how do I forget about Star Wars? The I, closer we get to it, I don't know. I and last week I missed Star Wars because I don't because of Jack O' Lanterns. Because of Jack O' Lanterns, <laughs> I'm sure I would have been like, "That Death Star was a pumpkin." Got to make sure the Death Star has beard, Bob. You don't know. Do you think Chewbacca? You think oh, that's a lot of beard there? You know. <laughs> and that's why does why does Joe sound like kind of like a douchey surfer guy to me right now? I don't know. That's not right. <laughs> That's so, not the right voice. And nine weeks of Star Wars. Nine, geez, nine weeks. We're that's, getting there. It's getting closer. That's exciting. Like, I feel like I'm not going to be prepared for it. Like, I honestly, <laughs> no, like with work and like, it's going to like sneak up on me because there's no way I'm going to be able to take the amount of time. I, I only want like maybe a day or two mm-hmm. to g- go to the theater, enjoy it with my friends or go out and, you know, have a few beers before or after and just talk about it. Well, I, how many times do you see Age of Ultron in the theater? Four. So, but you planned that. So, how many times do you think you're going to see Star Wars? I think a minimum of at least three. Okay. Um, it could be more depending on how it goes. Because, like, I'm I'm the type of person where, like, I'm I, I'm the Netflixy like Hulu person who's like, I won't pay for a movie or anything. I'll just wait till it comes out here or somebody lets me borrow it or something like that. But like when it comes to the theater and stuff like that, I'll pay good money to go see a theater or a movie. I really, really want to go see. Yeah. So I don't feel as bad that I'm not dumping money, renting stuff or buying discs and CDs and things like that. Okay. So anyway, um, start random star Wars fact. Um, and this is kind of like, uh, a little out of Canon, I guess you could say, well, it is Canon, but, um, when they did, um, Episode three, uh, they put uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, same character in the movie. They gave him his old, his own, uh, because I guess Legion of Troops uh, that he had, like his own stormtrooper regiment. Okay, um, and that was the five hundred first Legion. And originally, the five hundred first Legion was a fan 
uh, club that was strictly for Star Wars fans who had movie-authentic Stormtrooper gear or movie-authentic costumes. Okay. And it's a huge, huge, huge club. You can look them up on the internet. And it's it, they have um, garrisons all over. Well, there's one in Ohio. I know there's, that, right? There's one in Ohio. They have garrisons all over the United States. And these guys get together, and, and basically they do events um, for charity usually a lot. Like they'll go, to, you know, they'll go to children's hospitals and things like that, or they'll do Comic-Cons, or they'll do, um, like, Free Comic Book Day. They do events at libraries and things like that. And they show up in these Stormtrooper outfits, and, Dar- and people are dressed up as Darth Vader. And um, uh, it's pretty cool. But what they did was um, they took that, that organization, the concept of that organization in their name, and they put them in the movie as like an actual, almost like a character. That's kind of cool. Just kind of like a, like a nod towards like a nod. those fans. Yeah, and they made them uh, Vader's personal uh, uh, legion. So, and they translated over to the Clone Wars cartoon show. So before he became Vader, um, when it was Anakin, that was Anakin's uh, troop. Okay, five hundred first. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's see. There you go. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Star Wars I don't know. I wanted to be a part of the 501st for the longest time, but it, it does cost a pretty penny to get one of those outfits made mm-hmm. um, because there's not a, there's, the licensing isn't available. And all the research that I did, you had to make it yourself, but you had to get a lot of the molding and stuff from people that did prop making from the United Kingdom. Okay. Like you couldn't – there was nowhere in the United States that they would sell it. So it's like a lot of the contacts I had were overseas that, that you know, because they had their forms and stuff. But And I was like, geez, this is like really complex. And I think it was like it started around like $1,800. Yeah. I, I know there's like a whole like subculture of like movie prop making. Yeah. Because like I know um, like uh, uh, Adam Savage has like a ton of videos online of the different movie props he's made. And yeah. like there's that one about the Blade Runner gun that he went well, through like 20 different versions of it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And Adam Savage actually worked on the prequels. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't see. There you go. That's an extra bonus Star Wars fact to make up for the lack of one last week. And if you don't know who Adam Savage is, he's on MythBusters. Bonus fact number two. I don't, I don't know. So there's your Star Wars information, and now this. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. See, I almost jumped right into the, the main thing again, but I keep forgetting that you have so many things to give us. I don't. I, I don't care if you skip over it and just do it next week or something. <laughs> Do it live. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, well, I'm, it's going to get kind of Marvel heavy for a while because Marvel just rebooted their entire universe. Like, Secret Wars is still technically going on. Like, they pressed the power button for a bit and that didn't work so they pulled the plug out. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> they just waited 10 seconds. They plugged it back in. Well, no. It's no. You know what they did was that, that I don't know who made this decision or what's going on, but they were just like, hey, we should probably add one more issue to Secret Wars. Let's stretch it out till December. <laughs> so Secret Wars got stretched out. It was supposed to end soon. And they already set their publications for all their new number ones. Like the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 came out last week, and, Iron, and the Invincible Iron Man came out last week, and Doctor Strange number 1. And then this week, uh, one of the new Avengers launched. And, um, God, what else? God, I was just there today. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I just Dark grab, Hawk number I, 1. Yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> grab a stack of books when I walk in, and I don't even, they, could, they could just I, hand me Archie comics, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> It's like these are the new New Warriors. That one um, guy really likes hamburgers. But, but yeah, that's one guy can't decide who he loves more: this blonde or this brunette. <laughs> oh, I uh, that one of the I think one of the Spider Gwens came out. Like they rebooted that, which oh. is only like like a couple months old. But anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they uh, Secret Wars. The, it, it was about a month and a half, almost two months between issue five and six. 
because something got hung up. That's an eternity for like a publishing schedule. It is. And like something must have got gotten hung up, but finally got it because they kept going in there. I was like, when's six coming out? And uh, I got pushed back or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. So I got it in my hands. I'm like, I'm reading this bad boy. It was well worth the wait. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to get too spoilery. I don't know if anybody's reading Secret Wars. No, but, right. uh, Where, where's it at? Spoiler! Spoiler alert! You guys thought it they, was gone. I found they, it again. They they flash forward a couple weeks from what happened, on, and you know, two months ago, uh, and everything. There was some things that weren't explained. I don't know if they're going to ex- be explained in side issues, but um, the people that survived, uh, I guess, the world's being destroyed, are working together to try and stop Doom. And I think a lot of people are starting to catch on that Doom isn't what he is cracked up to be because everybody in this battle world is either afraid of doom or they worship doom, you know, as like this omnipotent being who looks after everybody. Um, and, uh, and now the, the heroes of, uh, of the six one six universe and the ultimate universe are starting to catch on and they're working together to try and take him down. So, okay. And you said that there's a, uh, there's an infinity gauntlet, then there's someone else out somebody, there wearing it. Yeah, somebody gets a hold of the infinity gauntlet. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, I know we hit spoiler alert, but I think that would be funner to kind of like dig in into and look into. But I was pretty shocked. I was like, oh, they brought the gauntlet into this. This is going to change anything. Do you think it's, um, and I know with um, the Phase 3 movies uh, coming, like, you know, with Infinity War 1 and 2, and I know Thanos is going to be a big deal about that. Do you think they're going to see how some of this flies and maybe twist a little bit into the movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting in, in this, this watch and see, I think, I think because of fantastic fours failure, that's why they redid this. Okay. Because ironically enough, the decision to extend it a further issue, um, happened right around that time that movie came out. And I mean, maybe they did have it all written out and planned this way, but the way that it's looking is, is, um, Obviously, like Reed, Reed, Reed Richards from the old Marvel universe, he made it through on the life raft, and and they they got through to Battle World and survived. He he survived. Um, Sue, Johnny, and the Thing. You knew where Sue was, but you, you and Johnny was, but you didn't know where the Thing was. Um, Sue believes that she well she never met Reed in this 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 out of context um like. Uh, Battle World, so okay. she doesn't know. It's Reed. another separate universe. It's another where separate they, universe, yeah. and even Reed's kids don't know that they're Reed's kids, okay. and they think they're Doom's kids. So uh, Reed's daughter, uh, Valeria, and then Franklin um, are off. Doom's to- kids sounds like the worst charity ever. By it, the way, it does. <laughs> but um, for five dollars a month, we can ruin a child's life. So Reed's daughter's starting to kind of figure out. I will start that charity. It's fine. Doom's Just not. Kid kids. Doom's anyway. not doing. Uh, doing what he should be. But what they did was, um, like, Doom made made the Human Torch the sun. Like, he literally is hanging up in space, like, creating hmm. sunlight. So, like, that's what he, he somehow convinced him to stay up there. And then um, you find out in this issue that the, this wall that they have, uh, like, surrounding all these different battle worlds is actually the thing. So huh. the thing is using his, like, body to protect everyone. So he basically tricked. This is weird. That's a little weird. But Doom. But here's the thing: is like Doom basically tricked the Fantastic Four to like, like go protect or go do something mm-hmm. so that they don't mess with him. 
Uh, okay. So it's leading. What I think it's doing, and this is where I'm getting at. I'm sorry, I'm dragging this out. I think it's leading up to the Fantastic Four coming back together. Okay, and then that's going to relaunch them with like a series or something. Maybe I don't know. I, so, I still feel like um, I, f- I feel like Marvel's kind of putting them on the back burner a little bit, or including them in a lot of stuff. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, mutant stuff that's going away too, because I think Marvel's trying to well, stop feeding. Fox, uh, so much information, like so much good material. Well, they absolutely, are, I can say that, yeah. yeah. But I think because that movie failed and so terribly, I think that Disney and Marvel are like looking at it, salivating, going like, "We're going to get that property back, no doubt." Now, so like, let's let's rechange what's going on in Secret Wars. Let's make Fantastic Four a focal point for stopping Doom, okay, and then relaunch them. That's that's my guess. So if if you see Fantastic Four. Get sucked back into the MCU, and if you see a, a new comic launch because of this this outcome, you know I think there's going to be a big Fantastic Four push. Uh, five years from now, when we're covering Kong versus Godzilla, we're going to talk about this and see if Joe was right. Yeah, right. So, um, sorry, right. that was a long winded comic section. I, <laughs> I, is there anything such less than right. we always do? We get excited here. We get excited for Marvel. Hey, remember that one time we did, just did that one Batman show? That was uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go, DC. They've never, never again. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. And, um, that's it. No, <laughs> I think Spider-Man said that. <laughs> did he say it to Peter? Uh, yeah, to, he uh, did. He yeah. did. He did. That's yeah. a family guy thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, so that was your comics. Uh, and we got Star Wars. Got some news. And now. And now for our feature presentation. I like saying and now, and then the thing says and now. So and now, people and know. Now. So people know what's coming. Um, I, and, you know, I just, I like, I just like, like everybody know, now we're on to this part of the show. So um, last week we talked about slashers, and I know Joe has um, some slashery type goodness towards the end here mm-hmm. for yep, a game. Yep. Um, I think it's interesting because we're going to do more Halloween stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about Universal Monsters um, for like the, like, the, like the Universal Pictures Monsters, right? Uh, what was it last week? No, two weeks ago. Uh, the the Cedar Lee had Monster Squad playing, and we went to go see that. Uh, Mary had never seen it. Thought we'd go see it in the theater. I think the movie holds up really well. I know Joe has a differing opinion about it. I think some things hold up with Monster Squad, and some things don't. Yeah. So in, in I think I don't know. I think that the the actual dialogue between the kids still holds up because they talk like kids, still giving each other crap the entire time. Yeah. But some of the context is a little weird, and you see kids with guns. And smoking, and just it was just, it's just a weird thing to watch in 2015, with how sensitive we are to everything. Mm-hmm. Seeing these kids saving the day, being pretty violent, and at the time you're like, "This is the greatest movie ever." It's like it's like Goonies with guns, right? It was it was Goonies with guns, um, and I thought it was just an interesting uh, parallel to what we were talking about. Aside from the fact that also, um, and, and I'm sure we'll tweet this out later, uh, Mary got me this really awesome print of the Monster Squad monsters. Like so, they they're all the Universal monsters. So you got your you got your Dracula, Mummy, Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Wolfman. Asian Wolfman. <laughs> he looks really Asian, doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. He looks he looks a little. Uh, Look at. Yeah, he, he does. does. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the the Universal monsters. It's it's um it's a rainbow coalition of monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's a it's a cool looking print because it's the actual character designs from the movie, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. So it's really yeah. neat. So and Stan Winston did those character designs, and they I that's have known a, that. that's the one thing that I loved about it was that held up really good. I was like, that's a really good looking creature, the Black Lagoon. Yeah, and it just I mean that worked, and also there was a bit uh, towards the end whenever um, they there was this whole argument during the whole movie 
about whether you could kill Wolfman by blowing him up. There's this whole talk about that. Right. So that when they do it, he's in pieces. And they were really, the way they just did the whole sequence where you see him coming back together, but you never actually see it, but it's all implied, mm-hmm. was really, really cool how, like, they got everything across to you without having to do some, like, really terrible, like, stop motion. Mm-hmm. It was just, I thought it was really well done. And plus also, uh, uh, John Grise, or Grise, was the regular person. He wasn't the actual Wolfman, but he was the human. Right. That would turn into the Wolfman. That's Uncle Rico. Yeah, Uncle Rico. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. I mm-hmm. thought that was just fun to be like, oh, it's Uncle Rico for a second. Now, did Shane Black wrote it? Did he direct it? He did not. Frank Decker okay. um, directed it. Who? Um, Shane Black was uh, yeah. the writer-director of uh, Iron Man 3. and um, Writer of Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Uh, kiss, he, kiss, bang, bang. He was in. Um, he was in Predator. He was, he was one of the one of the, the muscular guys in the beginning. No, he was in the muscle. He wasn't really. He was, muscular. One of the, he was one of the fire team, wasn't he? He was on the fire team, but he was kind of a small guy compared to Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Well, he he wasn't. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't muscle. Muscle. I, I I think he wasn't huge, but he was. He well, wasn't he, skinny. I mean, compared to Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, I yeah. guess everybody's kind of small, right? But yeah, so uh, it's worth checking out. It's on. It's on Netflix right now. I think right. Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. it is. Check it out. Yeah. And that's the big thing about that is that movie was not available for a number of years because of rights issues. I remember when that came out on DVD. It was a big deal. Yeah, so check it out. It's it's there. Uh, please watch it. Um, that ties in, though. We've, we were talking about Universal Monsters because we want to talk about like the idea of, of, of just monsters in general. Like We talked about Slashers last week. I think um, we're going to hold off on zombies till another point. Yeah, well, zombies, zombies have to kind of get... There's a lot of stuff on zombies. Yeah, so... You know. Uh, but you said you had been doing some reading about about monsters. I did a little bit of reading. I mean, like the monsters themselves. Like, I mean, there's there's the mythology of them, you know, because like the Frankenstein monster, um, and then you've got you know Dracula and the vampires, obviously. And we talked about this a little bit before, because um, if you just go off of like the Universal monsters, um, you know, you have the Dracula's the dark romantic side of of the monsters and then you have the wolfman who is like the darkness within like you know like the beast within human beings it's almost like human nature like a lot of it is human nature and then um uh frankenstein's like the innocence of science gone wrong yeah um and then you have the creatures from the black lagoon is is like what we don't understand what we fear yeah um which may not ultimately be a threat but we don't understand it so we view it as such right it's kind of like the whole, like, if you go out in the woods and you find a bear, you leave the bear alone. You don't go, like, chasing it down because it might, it might come back at you. Hmm. Um, and then the mummy's a mummy. The mummy's <laughs> a mummy. The mummy's kind of a tough one. But, I mean, like, that was, like, a famous monster, movie monster um, that Boris Karloff did. Boris, Boris Kar- Karloff did Frankenstein and the mummy. Um, but I think, like, Dracula probably, um, vampires in general were probably like one of the earliest like mythos with uh well even like in terms of like uh you got you know Bram Stoker's Dracula the book but then one of the very first like famous um films was uh Nosferatu yeah right? Nosferatu with, um, was uh 1922 I think or 1920s yeah with the big um like the large head pointy mm-hmm. ears creepy fingers I mean everybody's seen at least clips from that uh, yeah. but then it kind of went from more like he was more ghastly and then somehow it went up to like the um, the Bela Lugosi, right? Um, like, Dracula. It was more about like he was like he, he was a styling dude. He was. It was the. It was. I guess like I said, the romanticized version of it. Like Lugosi was the suave um, uh, vampire. And like I, I didn't know this, but I was when I was doing some of the research, I found out about like like Lugosi didn't want any makeup. Like there's no scenes where he has blood. Oh, like he didn't do the fangs or anything like that. Okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting because, like, um, 
what was it in in Nosferatu, like Max Shrek is all done up. That's yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's, and also I think that a lot of the the vampire stuff, and I think a reason there's a the appeal with it, especially now. I mean, there's so much vampire stuff out there now, is that it does deal with like like romance, but I think it almost deals with like unbridled sexuality, which is something that you could show in a way in those movies in the way that he did it, where it's like, I'm going to stare at you and I'm going to win you over mm-hmm. without saying so much. Cause there's the, like, there was the weird rules about what you could show, what you couldn't show. Right. And there's a lot that you can get across that he, like people couldn't control themselves when he wanted them to do what he wanted. They would do it. Right. And and I think like, that's one of the, the fascinations with vampires because they have that ability, even even into, you know, the current pop culture with vampires. They have like, uh, if you look at True Blood and like glamoring people, mm-hmm. uh, where they look and they just force them to do their will. It's like, it's, to some people, you know, that is exciting because they have no control. And, yeah. And they also, and then they also have no control over to something that that they know is more powerful than them, and that they're they're very sub- submissive to. So that's where the some of the fascination lies in, and, and some of the inherent loneliness of having everything that you want, but existing forever, mm-hmm. and knowing that even if, if, if you want something, it doesn't mean that they truly want you back, right? And it's like there's something really not tragic, but but interesting there. There is tragic. There is some tragedy with vampires, and and I think like. Unlike the other monsters, they're the one monster that we relate to more because they have that that humanity that is kind of like a, it's like a a a, a, a pair of clothes that they wear because that's not really what they are. Because I mean they are, you know, evil and dark and you know they a lot of the times they have like some type of like beast within that they need to like sustain and or hold back. Yeah, because even like against their better judgment, like I I don't want to have blood, but I have to have it to live right. and. And all that, like even like the Lost Boys, yeah. like with uh, the guy who was trying to change but not change, right? Um, the the brother and um, Anne Rice was big in you know the the, the late nineties and early mid nineties with a lot of her novels, and that was a big boom too with uh, like Interview with the Vampire, and yeah. stuff like that. Which I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I read Interview with the Vampire, I saw the movie. The movie's actually not a bad representation of the book. Mm-hmm. A couple things here and there, but that's going to always be whatever, right? Um, I feel like. At the time when that came out, people were not giving like pushback, but there was this weird like, oh, this is way too much like feelings and emotions, and it's more about romance than it is about like you know vampires, right? And then you go to now where you got you know Sparkle Light and all the other things that are out and about that people are all about, and that seems really tepid and tame compared to Anne Rice, right? And it's it's almost interesting that she that by comparison. That looks racy and edgy, but whenever that was kind of, you know, it wasn't the same. I don't know. It was more. That's one reason why I think like a lot of people, I mean, there are a lot of people that do cling to Twilight and they love it. And then there's the people that totally like are just disgusted by it. (laughs) And I mean, I'm definitely disgusted by it, but I, I can understand where those people are coming from. They feel safer with it. But to me, I can understand their subject material, but I feel like it's also missing that dark edge that there's no consequence. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's no consequence. It's like, Oh, I go out in the sunshine. People know I'm a vampire. You could still go out in the sun. Like you're not going to die. Like that's, you're mildly inconvenienced. Well, originally like with the mythos, um, Dracula only got weakened in the sunlight. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like, the Bram Stokers, he was more like human. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, uh, was it Nosferatu was the one that got killed by the sunlight. Yeah. That's where that came from because like, uh, they had to lure him in with a beautiful woman. And then like, she talked to him all night 
and then like he he lost track of time and then the sun came up and he killed him yeah so but yeah the the whole twilight thing was like yeah that's one of the few movies i've walked out on <laughs> as i had i got taken to that I, movie. i'm trying to think i have never walked out of a movie before mm. i've been tempted a couple of times uh uh, City of Crow, City of Crow, Crow City of Angels, City of Crows, City, of, yeah, Angel City of Crows. Um, you know, th- that was one that about halfway through. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? That was that was a rough one. I think Alien versus Predator was another one that I was about to walk out on. Oh but no, I just I paid money and I was going to just stick it through. Yeah, I couldn't even stick it through. I was like, here, take my eight bucks <laughs> or whatever it was when it was out. Yeah, so I I don't know. I think I think you're right. Like think that you said safe. Yeah, there's no consequence. You know, just like give me, give me something, give me some type of tragedy there, other than like, other than the Highlander curse, which is like, oh, this person will grow old and I won't. It's like, and that's kind of tragic in its own sense. But vampires are supposed to be way more about like their dark compulsion and and like you know, I'll keep you safe because I don't want to hurt you, but I'll go out and just destroy other people because I need to yeah. get that done. Yeah. Like even like, uh, there's a, a series of books, and I sorry, I just remembered this. Uh, Christopher Moore, he's a he's a guy who writes like books that are funny, but also they're 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 funny books, but they're not always like there's some serious uh, storylines through it. And there's a, a book he wrote called Blood Sucking Fiends, a love story that it was it was a romance, but it was actually about a girl who becomes a vampire against her will and didn't even know it. And it's this whole bit where she ends up having to have to find a familiar to help her tend her apartment during the day because she can't. And she ends up just finding this guy who works at a grocery store like 24 hours a day. And it was a really funny little book because hmm. he was just like, this hot girl likes me. He, she had no idea what was about to happen. It was, it was irritating, but there was still consequence. And I, I could get behind that little love story because she still couldn't go out in the daylight. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Um, which a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people who have read Dracula, but it's like um, my girlfriend's doing it right now. And we were talking about it, but like it's done in the style of like notes. So it's like correspondence between people or yeah. like, uh, like, I don't know if there's news articles in there, but I think it's more about letters back and forth it is. about what happened. It's people communicating about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you have different points of view. Um, so it changes between like Jonathan Harker and, and like Mina and Van Helsing talking. So, yeah. but like they did the same thing with, um, Frankenstein. Like, uh, there's like the beginning, I think they're on like a, like a ship or there's like a wharf captain or something like that. And he's describing like uh, Victor Frankenstein and things like that. So, now, it's, like it's interesting that it's it's taking because that almost gives it a, a weird like not validity but almost like credibility where if it's something that's witnessed like from somebody else's perspective mm-hmm. that almost makes it a little bit more daunting and, and and foreign because you're just you're hearing their reaction but you may not actually know the actual details and that's still like at arm's length and it's very very creepy i think that's an interesting way to write especially if they're doing it for the horror's sake because mm-hmm. you um like i've talked about like how i've read like hp lovecraft stuff and it you're kind of in the driver's seat so you have your own fears but when you witness someone else's fears i think this goes back to like what we were talking about being safe but at mm-hmm. the same time curious so yeah. you have that safe curiosity. You want to be afraid for this person, but you know yourself aren't in any danger, but and that's kind of like what pulls you along. Well, in the original Frankenstein story, it was more of a mindless monster. Like, no, uh, or was there, was I don't there actually he, humanity in no, there? No, there was humanity because okay. he talked. I know he went to uh, he went to Frankenstein, and he was angry because he was alone. Okay. And he, that's when he wanted him to make the bride because that, that's brought up. Okay. I have not read Frankenstein. I feel like that's something I should have I've gotten read, to. I've got, I think it was like sixth grade I read it. I, don't I, I remember Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. Do you remember that with the Robert De Niro that came out years ago? Uh-uh. Yeah, that was, uh, 
it was like more of a gothic take, like trying to go like the actual novel. It was a little weird. Well, didn't they do a movie with Julia Roberts? She played uh Mary. Was it was um uh, not Mary Shelley? It was um I know what you're talking about though. It was um, it was like his 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 maid or something. Yeah, yeah, Frankenstein's yeah. or Frankenstein's yeah. maid. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because like I know a lot of Just people kept knocking flower pots over like ah. <laughs> A lot of people, uh, it's not, well, Frankenstein is the doctor, and then it's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. But in the book, he doesn't really call it Frankenstein. He, he calls it a lot of things like my, a, a demon. He calls it it. He calls it um, abomination and things like that. And then the one name he does call it is Adam. He calls it my Adam because it's a godlike complex. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the movie is what kind of put the name on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just call it Frankenstein. I think it people kind of. But I think kind of attached it. I think if the monster had a name, it'd probably be actually Adam. Yeah, um, Adam Frankenstein. Well, because Adam I mean, it would be yeah. it would be Frankenstein, right? Yeah. Um, so, but that, that's a common one now that, uh, like, even there was that I Frankenstein movie that I have not seen with. Uh, I think know, with with Two Face that yeah. was in it. I think uh, what uh, the Two Face or Thomas Jane? I think it was Aaron um, was Eckhart, it? wasn't it? I don't know. I no, maybe it's I, think, Tom, I don't I think it's I get Netflix. those two mixed up oh, sometimes. I know yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I did that too. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Wait. No. Pretty, I think it was Eckhart. I, but then there's also there's a um, a new TV show Fox is putting out that was supposed to be called Frankenstein that they've now changed the name and it's about like this modern day. It's like a procedural about like Frankenstein's monster like solving crimes or something. It's supposed to right. Don't think it's going to really go too far. No. Um but I think the whole idea of science run amok and um, the creator having to suffer um, the punishment of the creation, I think that's uh, an interesting thing that constantly keeps coming up. I think a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies do that nowadays. They definitely, the science run amok stuff. And it's funny because I'll see some people use that format for science run amok, but then they don't. They don't stick to that Frankenstein format. Well, Jurassic like, Park's a Frankenstein story in a way. It is in a way. Yeah. Um. But like, but like Jurassic World isn't because the creator doesn't have any. Well, no, I guess yeah, it kind of do with the yeah, IRX, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But when the creator's not there, because there's a lot of horror movies where science runs amok and the creator's not there. Yeah, and, and like, um, one of my favorite movies of all time is the. The Cronenberg Fly from '86, I think it is, with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, where he, in a way, I guess he is the creator and the creation. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting like take on that, where he has the best of intentions, and then when things go wrong, you have to suffer through with him. And it is very, it's creepy. And I think what works for me is that you see his humanity slipping away. He sees it too. Yeah, and also like I, I I'm a sucker for any any movie where someone starts changing, but it isn't like. 30 seconds, like give them a few weeks where like arms are falling off and they're just dying in a bathtub stuff freaks me out. I don't know what it, I just, ugh. the just slow, thinking about the it. slow burn, yeah. the slow, the slow changing like, gets, yeah. gets me every single time. I, I just, think, I think any story like that does that, that's just good storytelling. Like breaking bad. Like, oh look, my, at, yeah. look, look at that journey of watching that guy just t- totally decompose socially. Yeah. And sometimes with people in a bathtub, but not him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we go on to the other ones real quick, uh, favorite vampire movies. So we can wrap that up and then we'll do like favorite Frankenstein favorite stuff. Favorite vampire movie? Probably probably uh, Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, really? Yeah, like yeah. I respect that because like I feel like it touched on like, you know, uh, Brad Pitt narrating it. But you kind of live through Lestat in the movie, like how that whole society is. Yeah. And y- I, I think, you know, you know, 
a lot of people, what they love about vampires is all different. You know, some people like we talked about, like, you know, whether it's like, you know, you, you like to be, you like the sexy aspect of it and you're intrigued by them and you think they're dark and mysterious or some people look at them as an obstacle, like, cause, uh, the, um, uh, you know, like early, like with the, the Bram Stoker story, it's like you had the men in the story who were, it was like a challenge to try and save everyone to kill these, these vile evil creatures. So like with with interview with a vampire, it gave you kind of all of that, and and you could kind of pick and choose. And I think it, I liked the under, the secret underground story of like this society. I always find that really intriguing. Did you read the book? I didn't read the book. No, there. The, not to go too far onto this, but so you you talk about like the society of stuff and how, like he kind of created Lewis just to as he did, he wanted somebody else around, right? Right. And Lewis kind of was witness to all this going on. There's a bit in the book that didn't end up in the movie, and I wish they would have done it where they end up investigating, there is rumors of like a vampire attacking people in like a village somewhere. And they go find out it's actually, it is a vampire, but it's not like a, like one like them that actually still has like thought process and everything. It's more of a monster. It's more of like the like Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. And they actually end up killing it. It's basically like putting it out of its mer- you know, misery and also like, so that way people don't come to them. And it was really interesting, like juxtaposition of, what we viewed as the like the the traditional movie vampire versus like that it was really neat it just mm-hmm. i could see why it wasn't in the movie but i thought it was a really good bit of the book no and i like that it's like i feel like she she kind of did a really good job with that gothic horror underground story and i love like a lot i like a lot of vampire mythos like i like true blood um i liked um uh underworld i thought that was a cool uh, yeah like underworld <laughs> Underworld was as a thought. Underworld's cool. I don't like a, those movies. It was a popcorn vampire movie. Yeah. It was fun to watch, and it was. But an Joe, she's movie. a death dealer, and what's that? I shoot werewolves. Yeah. Just call yourself werewolf shooter. It's fine. It's it's cool. Death dealer. What, what do you have to put that on? Like what on your LinkedIn profile? I yeah. I didn't say I wrote it. I just said that I enjoyed it. <laughs> Why did you write it that way? <laughs> well, you know what? Me and you were going to go see the new one when it comes out. Yeah, I'm a Beckinsale. I don't know. What the, anyway. Yeah. Hey, um, so so you mentioned those. I'm going to mention Lost Boys because that movie's awesome. And I'm also going to mention Daybreakers. Did you see Daybreakers? Mm-mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it is um, It's these two brothers from Australia or New Zealand. I cannot remember their names. But it was this whole idea of like, this infection hits the world, turns everybody into vampires. But instead of freaking out, everybody just kind of rolls with it and blood becomes the new like commodity. And so they're just like taking people that aren't vampires yet and kind of putting them away in like these blood banks, like literally and kind of keeping the world economy going. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sam Neill's in it. Yes, I did see that. That was with uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, like it, like the, the tail end of it's a little not great and Willem Dafoe's in it too. Yeah. But the whole notion that like the whole world's like, well, guess we're vampires now. I love the end, Will, when it's like they're it's like them versus all the vampires, and then like what they start doing to get away from the vampires is they start curing them. Yeah, and, and then it's, like, it's this like weird like cycle. Yeah. yeah, well, no, I remember like there was like all the vampires are in there, like the the security guard vampires or whatever, and they they like shoot one of them with something, and then he becomes not a vampire, and all the other vampires just turn and they're like, oh, you're food now, and it was yeah. like. Oh, that's a clever way to stop them is turn them into food. <laughs> I just like the whole like the whole world building there where they had the cars that had the daytime mode where yeah. like the shutters would come down. And then they had the SWAT suit guys that would walk mm-hmm. around the daytime with the full suits and like a little single single eye hole in the front that was like filtered so they could still operate. It's like all this thought went into how would a world with vampires kind of yeah. work? And it was it was a cool idea. Well, like they even showed in that movie how to, you were talking about Interview with the Vampire, where he's he's with his brother in his apartment, and that that 
monstrosity Nosferatu vampire comes in, mm-hmm. the one that was like starving. Okay. And I think that's oh, and Daybreakers, yeah, yeah the and one. Daybreakers, because the whole thing is the vampires fed off of themselves. They would become like the Nosferatu, right. like mindless like yeah. monsters. Yeah. So like like I think that mythos carries over that that the um, the Nosferatu Dracula vampires kind of combine mm-hmm. in a sense where you'll have the the dark and mysterious European vampires, but then somehow they can degrade into these monstrous. It's creatures. like we're dangerous, but we're not those guys. Yeah, screw, right. screw if, those guys. If I don't eat, I become that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. At like around, around noon every day. Right. Um, yeah. Like, uh, so, all right. So we got uh, and favorite Frankenstein movies. I think I mentioned The Fly. It's not exactly the same thing, but it kind of is. Favorite Frankenstein movie? Um, like style, like science gone amok. Reanimator. You like Reanimator, and that's kind of yeah, like the creation turning against the, the creation. The, yes, but that's more of a zombie movie to me. Okay, fair. But yeah, Reanimator is an amazing movie. Um, they, uh, oh, that's a tough one, a Frankenstein movie. Uh, Robocop? That's not, that's not really the same thing. <laughs> kind of it is. I mean, Robocop <laughs> didn't really go at Ed 209. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I have to get back on a Frankenstein one. Um, but no, like going on to the Wolfman, though, like, yeah. like werewolves. Um, like I think werewolves are interesting on a, like almost like a similar plane as vampires, but they're not a, a exciting, alluring, like, mysterious like i want to you know be with this werewolf it's it's like a scary like you don't want what's inside you to come out like yeah. anytime there's ever a werewolf the person that that has the lycanthropy and is aware of the fact that they're a werewolf is always you know i'm afraid of what i become yeah so they're afraid of what's inside them so yeah that's always an interesting bit where it's like they want to feel human and feel connected but they also know that if they get too close People start asking questions, and then it's like, just, can you just throw me in the shed for a weekend? It's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's like, I don't think, why, why don't people ever just listen to werewolves Like when they're like, hey, make sure I can't get out? And everyone's like, it's cool. We'll just, we'll just go out for a date that night. It's like, it always seems to be, no one, no one takes them seriously when they say they're about to change. Yeah, and uh, like, I feel like the calendars could probably prevent a lot of this. Right? <laughs> Even to this day and age, it's like, oh, I got a Google reminder. Oh, go into wine cellar. It's like, okay, great. Come back in four days. Oh, you know? full moon tonight. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I have a weather app. Oh no, <laughs> you know. Uh, but no, I just like the whole the whole thing to like. So, um, and this will get to something we'll talk about here uh, just a little bit later. I know we're, we've been talking about this a while. Um, American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. That movie still creeps me the heck out. Like um, I haven't seen since I was like six. It's it's majority of comedy, but also gets really dark. Mm-hmm. And the transformation sequence in the middle of that movie, I cannot watch by myself. I am 37 years old. I should be rational and realize it's just a movie. It still creeps me out. Makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, it's like that. And like, it's like that movie and The Exorcist are like the only two that I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to watch this by myself. I know a lot of people that are super scared of The Exorcist. One of my best friends is it's the scariest movie he's ever seen. But he had a sister. Um, was and, possessed by a demon? No, but they shared a room. She was just was, she was just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they shared they shared a room when they were kids, and he would he would always tell me a story. He's like, I would just sit there wide awake and like watching her. I'm like, I'm like, I guess I didn't have a sister. I was like, I that I exorcist didn't scare me that much, but yeah, I, I know some just, people. That's the scariest movie to them. Yeah, and, and maybe that's something I'll tie in more into like the zombie well, talk. Like, like even yeah. even like my girlfriend, like like she's not a real big movie uh, person or anything like that. But like we'll talk about like like scary movies or just movies that you like, and she always finds like um, 
like the, the demonic possession and stuff to be, to be really creepy. Yeah. So it's like it's one of those things that scares her. Like you know, I could have her. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street together, and you know, she didn't really flinch or anything like that. But like you know, we watched something. Um, you know, we watched Constantine, and she wasn't like scared, but mm-hmm. she was kind of like more intrigued by it. You know, mm-hmm. so I this the extras for me. It's just that, and that's a whole another thing to talk about another day. Is that I feel like that whole thing was treated like a film and not a scary movie. Right. And that it was shot very much like a documentary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it was treated very like these people have a problem and this is what's going on. And it's like, and that's what gets me still is that it's treated very head on. And whenever, whenever things go wrong, it, you're already all the way in. And so it's really creepy the entire time. Well, I think like not to get too far off onto the, the, the subject with the exorcist, but like, I think with the exorcist, a lot of people already have that established fear. And it's just reaffirmed to them. Well, then they also take a lot of steps in the movie. Oh my goodness, we're talking about this. Um, that they actually go through a lot of the medical stuff. So their first thoughts is there must be something wrong, like chemically or with their brain. And then when you start lim- limiting all the, the actual possible science, and there's still bad stuff going on, like that's where like that's where my thought would be like, well, we have to go get this checked out. We have to go do this as opposed to let's just bring in, um, you know, um, Max von Sydow from the get go, you know, um, Brewmaster Smith, let's get him to come in and take care of things. It's like, no, we got to go through logic first. And that's where it gets really creepy because they roll out everything. And then she's spider walking and ugh, I can't, I can't think about it right now. It's, <laughs> All ugh. right. Let's go back to back werewolves. To, back to, back werewolves. Back to, no, back ah! to werewolves. <laughs> back, <laughs> come back to the safety of the werewolves. No, no, no. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, werewolves, uh, you know, and, and like, what's like, there's so many werewolf, uh, offshoots. Like there's the howling. Yeah. Um, ginger snaps was really popular. Ginger snaps was really good. Ginger, I like ginger snaps, snaps. I thought was clever. I've only seen one of the ginger snaps. I can't remember which one. It, it, well, hopefully it was the first one. Cause I haven't seen the other ones, but the first one was just the two sisters, their high school students. Mm-hmm. And that's the first one. Okay. It's just that, but like it, it, it basically takes like, it's almost like twilight ish in a sense, how like the, 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 the romanticized sexiness of vampires with like twilight is the teen angst version of that with werewolves. It's, it's almost like the puberty slash yeah. becoming a woman coinciding with, right. oh, by the way, you got attacked by a dog and now you're becoming a werewolf. And it's a good parallel. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really good and funny. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other good werewolf movies that I, that I like. It's, um, yeah. No, there's no, no. There, there's, there's like one more that I've. Teen Wolf? Well, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf 2? Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> um, God. I can't think of any werewolf movies. This is bad. Oh, there's plenty. I mean, I just did like, but the ones that there's, I, um, there's a series on Netflix called Hemlock Grove. I haven't watched that. Oh, really that good. has, um, that's Eli Roth produced that. It has, uh, um, freaking Jean Grey in it. Um, Jansen. Yeah. That's why yeah. I would say her. I heard that that's kind of all over the place. I added to like one of my friends described it to me and I'm just like, this, this sounds pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. So. Well, and then like, what was, we watched, um, trick or treat. Um, last night, which you've seen Trick or Treat, right? The anthology movie, the, you have not seen Trick or Treat. Mm-mm. It is, um, it's basically, think of like Creepshow. Um, it's an anthology movie that's like these little separate stories. And one of them actually has, uh, uh, what Anna Paquin in it. Okay. Um, Anna Paquin's in it. Um, uh, Hilo from Battlestars in it. Freaking Brian Cox is in it. Like it's, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you borrow that movie. Like if you like, if you like werewolves, if you like vampires, you like all this stuff, it's, it's a fun anthology movie. Um, so there you go. Trick or treat. 
that I don't has, has nothing to do with anything. But so we talked about those guys. What do we got? We got creature from Black Lagoon and the Mummy. I don't know a Black Lagoon creature. I think that's like isolated to his own. Well, I mean, I think of like the thing. Where it's more like we don't understand what this is, like like the um, like, alien thing. Yeah, a little yeah. bit like that. But but he's a little bit more. Um, he's just doing his own thing as opposed to and he's being threatened and he falls in love with a woman. They always bring women back to the swamp. I don't know why that's a thing, but you know, I guess there's not too many women in the swamp. I wouldn't see why. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So it makes sense. He's just like I. Ain't, I don't know what this is. I mean, would you think that's more like like um, the same fear like Jaws, where it's like there's something out there. We don't know why it's behaving the way it is, but we don't entirely understand it. Oh, yeah. But we need to try to stop it, that type of thing. Yeah. Is that more that that kind of same type of fear? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really have any other good movies that go along with that. In yeah. Terms of th- well, that's what I said. Like, Creature from the Black Lagoon was the only monster that I can think of that was pretty isolated to his title. Yeah. I mean, he's a unique-looking fishman monster. Yeah, but I'm thinking of that same vein of just like the... Hey, maybe we shouldn't be messing with this because the mysteriously really... unknown. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Predator. That's not. That doesn't really. That's fit. alien stuff, though. <laughs> like, really, it does kind of fall into alien hands because it's just like that is alien. That's really alien. It's more. It's more alien supernatural. Yeah, but the the predator's intent was to hunt, even though I guess that's malicious. But it was just more like an honor thing. Yeah, he didn't fall in love with any women in the swamp, though. I mean. I'd fall in love with Carl Weathers if I was if I was out there in the woods in the jungle, um, and then we got the mummy. I don't, mummies, like what's the the mummies? We don't really. I always made a joke about how since Twilight was so big, I wanted to make a uh, a tween romance about a girl that falls in love with a mummy, and then how the whole thing is like you know he can't he can't get too emotional because if he cries he's going to fall apart because his his those bandages are going to soak up all the tears and he's just going to fall apart i had this whole they, whole thing planned out you know they did um i can't remember they go dancing on the floor and they go to spin and he starts to unravel it's this whole thing you know i think um i fall to pieces play you know uh what i think snl did a skit with um kristen stewart maybe when she was on her it might have been somebody else but they did a um a spoof of twilight but it was frankenstein's <laughs> like, like they do the whole scene. I think I've seen that. Actually. Yeah, they do the whole scene where the Collins walk into the lunchroom, and it's like, it's like uh, Bill Heater, and he's got like all this green makeup on, and they're just like, <laughs> it's like, that's funny. But I mean, just like in terms of the mummy, it's like we were talking before the show. Like, that's the curse. Like, he fell in love, he got he got killed and got mummified, and now someone's disturbing him, and he's coming back mm-hmm. to finish things. Like, like I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, is that really? You know who's a mummy is uh, uh, Jason. That's kind of true. I mean, yeah, he Jason, was wronged, and he was wronged. Yeah, and, and then and he, he came back for revenge, and, and and later on, he was pretty much unkillable. Yeah. So it's I guess, yeah, I guess that's the kind of the modern the take mum, on that. The mummy is a zombie. He's just a vengeful zombie. Yeah, a unique with the, a purpose, the slow creeping terror that's going to come after right. you and get what it wants. And he's not, and he's not brainless. Yeah. So yeah, Jason's a mummy. There you go. That's a revelation. Yeah, I never really realized that either. <laughs> Look, Th- things you learn. Things you learn. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I, I do think that the Universal Monsters also, it's funny that we talk all about that because they made a lot of those movies where they all fought each other too. And we were talking about Kong There's and Godzilla. There's so many, yeah, and, like, and then they fought all each other and they all met Abbott and Costello yeah. and, they all, and they met the Globetrotters. I don't know if that happened or not. Scooby-Doo, but, yeah. <laughs> I think Black Lagoon made an appearance of Scooby Doo. Probably, yeah. I mean, every week. Well, if you look like there's like 
and a lot of these guys have played other monsters. You know, you've got Karloff played Frankenstein and the Mummy. And then, um, what's his name? Um, Lon Chaney Jr. played everybody. He played everybody. He played Dracula. He played the Wolfman. I'm pr- I, he might have played the Black Lagoon. And we just lost Christopher Lee, who was uh, big Drac- time Dracula. Yeah, big yeah. time. He played Dracula like eight or nine times. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I just It's interesting because it's like they, they kind of have their niche. And then as you go forward, and then we can talk about zombies. And like obviously, you got like haunted houses and like the demonic stuff, which that may all be later. I know we're going to talk about zombies later in another show. Um, we can get in dom- demonic possession because I know um, uh, Outcast is probably going to start in the next few months. That's the Showtime. Kirkman series on Showtime. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, so I feel like those kind of have their own space, but I feel like this was a very—it's a good introductory vocabulary to this type of thing. And I think if like you watch again, watch Monster Squad because they kind of for a movie for what it, like as old as it is, it was very—I'd say it's almost one of the first kind of meta kind of movies in the sense that I was aware of what it was trying to do and also openly being a love letter to that time frame, but also poking fun at it. Right. And it was, I think that's, I think that's why I like it. Cause it was ahead of the game in a lot of ways. I think it was one of the first like big expanded universe type movies too, where you just had yeah like everybody. And, and, from... and, you, and you hadn't had anything like that in probably in quite a long time. Cause it no. kind of like fell out of favor more for slashers yeah. and more of like, the the real life horror and like the Freddies and everything and, and all that stuff. So you like there's no room for Frank and 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 um and Vlad with the English accent. Right. <laughs> I don't know why uh, Dracula is British in the movie, but he is. But whatever. Um. So, uh, please let us know if you guys have any favorite. Um, tell us a favorite mummy movie or a favorite uh Frankenstein movie because I guess we're kind of running short on those. That would be great. Uh, we have a Twitter at Invading Podcast. Uh, hit us up there. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we have an email address, invadingpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we'd like some interaction. Just tell us your favorite monster movies. And I'm sure we'll respond in kind. Mm-hmm. So now, Joe, you said you have a game? All right, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to try and prepare some sound, but, like, man, I sat and watched so much killing today on YouTube. It was ridiculous. Um, so you just watch videos of killing? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unrelated to this. <laughs> it was completely related it's to this. It's like, you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was Murder Wednesday. I just had to sit down and All right. had, had a really rough week at work. It was Murder Wednesday. So this is, this is, this is, this is, a, gra- this is a graphic oh, game. So. Wait. Got it, got it, here, I got, it, I got a sound for Do this. Do we have a sound for this warning? It's not uh, a spoiler. It's... No, I got this. Got a Wilhelm. Got a Wilhelm. All right. Uh, so I am going to explain to you a, a, gris- a gruesome demise, and you're going to tell me... If it is a slasher movie kill or if it is a fatality from Mortal Kombat. Okay. And bonus points if you can tell me what movie or what character. Oh, wow. That's going to be tough. Okay. All right. All right. So the first one is the victim's head is pushed down on a circular saw blade. Well, okay. So that's um, that's not Mortal Kombat. So that has to be a slasher film. Nope. Really? Mm. What 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 level of Mortal Kombat is a circular? Is there a wood shop level no, I don't know about? A, no, Kung Lao he he does that with his hat. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't say hat. You said circular. But if saw. I would have said hat, you would have got it. I would have got it right. Yeah, I'd yeah, have been okay. like, uh, yeah. All right, we'll do another one here. So, all right, so uh, the victim is stabbed through the mouth with a spear, and then they are, I guess, impaled on the ground, and then a lightning strikes it as a lightning rod, killing them. I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. You're right. Raiden? Yeah, Raiden. Ah, oh, look at that. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. The victim is hit with 
uh, gruesome chains that have hooks on them and then is ripped apart <laughs> by them. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's Scorpion. No, it's not. It's from Hellraiser. Oh, Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. At the end, Frank, when uh, they get Oh, yeah, him, yeah. When he opens the... Yeah, the, the, the chains in yeah. them and then they just pull them apart. Here's, here's, your, here's your bonus question. What is the name of the puzzle box? Oh, I used to know this. Yep. What is it? The Lament Configuration, which is also the name of my goth band that I'm in. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, this one... We're going to play tonight or not. I don't know. Whatever we feel like. So... Uh, my mom's going to pick me up soon. I don't know if we're going to have time. This one's kind of just like quick. It's not really too descriptive, but impaled by a shotgun run through the stomach. That's a slasher film. It is. Okay. That's, do you know what that's from? Shotgun through the stomach? That's Friday 13th? Uh, no, close. It's Halloween 4. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't he, Michael Myers gets up. He doesn't even, like, he doesn't know how to use a shotgun. So, bullets in it. And he just... <laughs> Basically. Well, I'm glad they didn't teach him that part when he was in the asylum where, like, Donald Pleasance was just overwatching him. It's like, you know what? He is evil incarnate. Let's teach him how to use a gun. <laughs> that would have been funny if he would have used it. And then he would have been like, what the hell have I been doing these past four movies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is way easier. Yeah. All right. Um, and I can talk now. <laughs> all right. Here's one. Uh, the victim's head is frozen and then smashed to pieces. Oh, wait, wait. I got it. This one's for you, Kevin. Jason X. Right. I threw that one in there just to see if you would pick up maybe like Sub-Zero. Oh, but Sub-Zero so never actually froze just their head. No, you specifically mentioned last week that that was your favorite Jason X kill. It was. That was a that was one of the best <laughs> kills ever. Like My favorite one in, in, in that movie, though, that you might even have on your list, there's two. I like the corkscrew death. When he throws he, it, and he's the, like... The eh, guy's eh, slowly eh. spinning around yeah. on the corkscrew. But I love... The hollow, um, uh, the hollow deck kill of uh, the two girls in the sleeping bag, where he just picks up the sleeping bag giggling. and just beats against a tree. That's my favorite thing in that. Well, movie. Well, he does that in um, one of the other Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, which I mean, I know that was like but, a callback. But the hollow deck one, they were like giggling in it. It was just kind of funny because yeah. they weren't real, so they were just like acting. Yeah. <laughs> he does another one I too in the remake where he uh, he ties her up in the in the sleeping bag and then he like sets her over the campfire. Oh yeah, that's right. And she he, she cooks like, in the sleeping bag. My, my favorite. See, we're, I'm talking about ones that have not on your list. Maybe in the remake when the girls underneath the dock waiting mm-hmm. and the machete comes oh, to the boards. That's a good one. And just like hits her in the head. And then there's that second where he goes to pull the machete and it's almost like he got like stuck in a watermelon and because yeah. like the body's being pulled with it. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so so wrong and good. Yeah, I started clapping when I saw that. I was like watching it at home with a friend of mine. And we're just like golf clap. It's like you got you got to respect that. That was yeah. one of the best ones too. Yeah. That was on the I did I saw, I watched a lot of these and that was number one on a couple. It was good when he just yeah. pulls her and then she hits her head and it then just, it just and yeah. it pops out and she falls in the water. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, all right, let's see what else do we got here. I hope you aren't listening to this in a public place, people. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway except um, kevin you yeah. To, yeah yeah all right so uh let's see party horn to the eye a mortal combat why not nope that ah. was that was from jason seven i just was hoping that so it was like a like a, a friendship that went wrong friendship wrong um all right uh let's see this one might be easy basketball thrown at head and then the head explodes I mean, that's a slasher film, right? Oh, yeah. You know what that, that was from? A Deadly Friend. It was. Oh, I was right. You're right. That's the Wes Craven one I was it talking is. about before. Yeah. yeah, that was from Deadly Friend. Um, wow, I have a whole lot of memories of death. <laughs> um, which is a weird movie. Ahead it is of, a weird ahead movie. Ahead of its time, kind of. Yeah. It's about like somebody who gets 
like cybernetic implants or something like that. And yeah. it goes all wrong. Um, let's see. <coughs> all right. Tele, uh, the, the, the killer telekinetically pulls the intestines through the victim's mouth out. Like just pulls them out. Mortal combat. Yeah. That's, okay. That's one of Ermac's fatalities. Uh, let's see. What else do I got here? Oh, all right. So, uh, death by chocolate. Best best way to kind of describe this is it's like human Pez dispenser. So they grab their mouth Ugh. and then they rip it open to pull their head back like a Pez dispenser. Oh, I'm gonna say slasher film. Yes. Okay. Do you know which one's from? Nope. It's from Hatchet. I've not seen Hatchet. So I Hatchet, yeah. I've never seen either. But I heard it's really really good. Um, I think uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name. What one of the Jasons? No, 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 no. The guy in Hatchet, because this scene is like, um, it's like the the family or whatever is running from the killer, mm-hmm. and he catches the dad, and he just it's like going to town on him, like, like, and everybody's standing there just horrified, like he's just taking like this hatchet like to like his 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 shoulder, and he's like slowly like working his way down his abdomen, and then like he grabs mom and does the Pez dispenser. Oh. And it's just like I know those movies were made, with like they're kind of like they're not not tongue in cheek, but kind of like a throwback yeah. to those. And a lot of people from these movies ended up in those as kind of like cameos or like people that got killed by the the killer. Well, it's kind is, of like a wink at uh, all that history. Yeah, they were in it. Like they they the one guy I know I've seen him in other stuff. I can't remember. Oh, he was the guy from um, uh, Office Space, the Jump to Conclusions guy can't remember oh, his name. You know no. the guy that got hit by a car? He had the mustache. It wasn't um, John C. McGinley, was it? Yes. From uh, uh, Dr. Kelso from Scrubs? No, 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 there was no, other no. Guy, There was another guy. Uh, uh, anyway. Ne- never mind. Never mind. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know why I said yes, because I'm just like, yeah, I was like, oh, it was him? I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, all it right. was Dr. Cox, by the way. I got the <laughs> wrong doctor name. Anyway. Uh, the last one. Um Killer rips the victim's leg off and then just proceeds to beat them to death with it. Oh, that could be either one. But I'm going to go with slasher film. That's actually Mortal Kombat. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that was Quan Chi fatality. Uh, Quan Chi? I don't know who that is. He's the guy. He's kind of um, he's kind of a Shang Tsung-like character. He's a sorcerer. But he's like his skin's like super white and he's got all these black runes on it. Okay. And he's bald. Never seen him. I, I I'm yeah. so behind on the Mortal Kombat. His, his that was in Mortal Kombat Four, but they gave it to him in the other Mortal Kombat's. But I remember it, and it was just it was hilarious because like it was like he had like this like this ham hock that he's just like hitting <laughs> the guy with, and then like it do, he doesn't stop. Like you know, usually <laughs> usually in the game when you do, you perform your fatality, they, they 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 kill the person, and then the person just lays there, and then they're just like, yeah, I won. Yeah. No, he just keeps going until the screen blacks out. Oh it's wow! Just like, I'm like, it's brutal. So that's one of my favorites. But anyway, that's that's all the ones I could find that weren't like really like like oh that's totally a Sonya Blade fatality. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> so um, before we're out of here, real quick, uh, in light of all this, and that that was fun to determine um, what ki- was killed by what um, this weekend at the Capitol Theater. So October seventeenth, eight p.m. to eight a.m. I thought it was six to six, but it's eight to eight, and that's kind of a Changes my mind a little bit about how I want to try to approach this. What time? What day is it? Uh, October seventeenth, going from eight p.m. that night to eight a.m. October eighteenth, which is Sunday morning. Twelve hours of terror. 
right? They've done this yearly. Um, it's been all, it's been usually at the Cedar Lee, but this is Cleveland Cinema's first time at the Capitol Theater. I, if you guys remember, I talked about going to 12 Hours of Terrible uh, back in the spring. And that was, I think that was from 6 to 6. And the reason I say it's a bigger deal to me is because if something like this started at 2 in the afternoon and ended at 2 at night, no problem. Breeze through it. Be a lot of movies. You'd be tired after. Going at 8 at night and going through 8 in the morning. And I'm, this is going to be a little bit more of a packed house than the 12 Hours Terrible. So right. this is going to be... I'm going to do it because um, I, I, I had a birthday this past weekend and my one friend Rob got me a ticket for this. So I'm going to go. Um, so far, the movies announced are Night of Living Dead, the, the original uh, 1968 Night of Living Dead, Creep Show from 82, which we talked about on the show before, nice. uh, Pumpkinhead Ooh. from 88. I've never seen Pumpkinhead. It's good. That has uh, Bishop in it, right? Yeah, Lance, Lance Anderson. Anderson. Uh, the Descent, that, that's a really good Neil Marshall film. It's about the girls that go spelunking. I've seen The Descent. It's really, really good. You, you have to you tell know. me what ending they put on there, because I know there's oh, different endings. They better, you know, it's probably going to be the U.S. cut ending. That's going to be the annoying oh. one. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is us. Like, oh. like we know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, Madman, which is from 82, which I don't know anything about. I've seen the title before. I've seen it referenced. I don't know what it is. And then the movie's going to scare the pee out of me. Like, literally, I'll probably wet myself. American Werewolf in London, when that transformation sequence is going to happen. On the I'm big gonna, screen, I'm going to be curled into a little ball. <laughs> I'm going to be whimpering and possibly shitting myself with fear. That's just like you're going to hear, ah, and that's what's going to happen. Your it's pa- going to happen. Your parents are going to get a call to come pick you up. <laughs> Mary will get a call and be like, hey, your soiled boyfriend's in the lobby. Miss- we, we, actually, he's outside the lobby. This is Stedman, your son. <laughs> I know it's 5 a.m. Your son is... Uh, on the fetal position on our lobby. He's form. in the fecal position. The, fe- the fecal fetal position. Um, um, no, that's and a there's good also lo- an, a, a movie yet to be announced. They're going to oh. surprise showing. It's going to be during all of that. You have to let us know what it is next yeah. week. So my question to you, just real quick, mm-hmm. uh, any, any suggestions of how I'm going to tackle eight to eight? Oh man, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I couldn't like, even if they did a, a marathon of like, let's say they did all six star Wars movies before the new one, I'd be like, Pff. yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, if you had to, though, like, what would be your strategy to try to get through it My all? My strategy? There will be breaks between the movies. I would probably, um, I would probably, like, I would sleep, like, 12 hours the day before or something. Okay. So I would have just, like, massive amounts of rest. And then, I don't know, I would maybe try to caffeine it a little bit towards the middle. Yeah. I know for the 12 hours of terrible, I, um... I, I I didn't sleep well the night before, which was probably problem one. But then I bought two five hour energies, and I and I got through almost everything until the last movie, which was Masters Universe. And I stayed awake through all of it, but I was angry the entire time. Yeah, I know you said yeah, you hated yeah. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, and probably I because like, of that now. I like Masters of the also, Universe. Also, that's, that's a free movie with that Paramount Vault that's also on YouTube oh, for it? free. Oh, there you so go. So you can watch that movie and be like, Paul's full of crap, or I agree with him completely. I, I, I think you're full of crap. I think it's a good movie. I, I think what I'm going to try to do... It's the thing I'm going to try to stay up kind of later on Friday night so I can try to have a different shifted window of sleep going into this maybe a little bit, but I just don't know. Like, we'll see. Um, I'm going to maybe try to have some thoughts and um, while I'm watching all of this, we'll see if that I, goes. I'd like to I'd like to dip in and watch Night of the Living Dead, though. You can. You can buy tickets individually, oh, by the way. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome. I, I love Night of the Living Dead. Um, the... Uh, um, Oh, look at this. It even says on the thing, admission includes complimentary continental breakfast. I got to stay awake for that. Just got to get my grapefruit and my, do- and my um, half a bagel. That's well worth 12 hours of my life. So when I was, a- I always get these stupid ass stories. But anyway, when I was a kid, I think it was, I think it was fifth grade. 
I'll never forget. We had like a fifth grade Halloween dance or something like that or whatever, like some type of kids get together, you know, in the gym and dance. But they played Night of the Living Dead, the original. Okay. And I I watched some of it and I was just like, eh, because I'm just like, it, it was in black and white and I, you know, I was like. Yeah, and oh. there was there was a rights issue, so people could play. It was public domain for a long time. Yeah, so but I was 11, that. and I'm just like, I don't really appreciate this as much. Yeah. So needless to say, I didn't stand there and watch it. But apparently it, it caused a whole heck of a lot of like controversy because they played that. Yeah, it's not even that day. bad. Of, like, if you think of what it was, I mean, maybe at the time it was different because... Well, no, it, it gets was, a little dark towards the end. It's a little dark, but it isn't like overly gory versus like some of the stuff that's out there. It's not, it, but some of the implied stuff is pretty, pretty creepy. That's, I agree. So... Um, you know, it'll, I've seen it before. It'll be fun to see that in the theater with people. Um, it'll also, I mean, The Descent, that'll be fun to see with people. The Descent is a great scary movie. And I think it'll be better seeing the theater because that movie's so dark that maybe the theater will help me see a little oh, bit yeah. more of it better. Because yeah, it's hard to watch sometimes on DVD because it's a really dark film. You know what that reminds me of is the one, I think I've talked about this before, is that one Lovecraft short story I, I, I love. Um, the guy getting lost in the cave and you can't tell what's in the cave with him. Oh, I didn't. I, that's that sounds like a Lovecraft story, but I haven't heard you talk about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to try to maybe. I'm thinking that I'm going to try to get whatever it is that they used in Back to the Future Part Three to make the train go really fast, like those different like charges they kept throwing into the locomotive. I think we're going to find three of those and drink them. I wouldn't do that, and just so I can go 88 miles an hour through the entire night and just like watch the, all these movies. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, no, no, yes, yeah. no. Okay, or just seven monsters. I'm going to drink so many monsters that my heart won't. It's well, I'll just, I'll just uh, die right no, there in the theater. I wouldn't do that either. You know what's really going to kill you is that that uh, werewolf in London because you're <laughs> yeah. gonna you're gonna no you're gonna be jacked up on Mountain Dew or whatever. And, <laughs> Mountain Dew. And I'll be gonna, I'll be eating pixie sticks about Mountain Dew in the theater the entire night. You're gonna be jittering, and then all of a sudden the transformation scene is gonna hit, and you're gonna seize. <laughs> You're going to be like, ah, it's too much. We'll watch. I'll end up watching this in the theater, and I'll be like, oh, what was I afraid of? Yeah. Or I'll just be terrified. Um, There's a really good coffee shop right on the corner over there, too. Yeah. Um, oh. and my friend Rob's going to go. He He's smart, and he always does, like, a caffeine cleanse between big events. So he's just going to go get a red eye and just, like, fire through everything. So he's, he's usually really good to go for all this. I'm, I'm that person. It's, like, two cups of coffee at work. Like, I'm so bad about caffeine oh, intake. I've actually, well, I know I always bring coffee over here whenever we cast, but it's always decaf. I don't drink caffeine anymore. Yeah, see, you're better than me. Like, but, um, yeah. I, it just, just make me really angry. I mean, I'm still angry, but it may, may, I'm less angry now. <laughs> they, they used to keep, put you on edge? What? Oh, coffee? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, so, like, if I do, if I do drink soda, like, Sprite or whatever, but. Oh, uh, well, well, there you go. So, don't make Joe angry. Don't give him caffeine. Paul's terrified of things changing into things. I think we've learned a lot tonight. Um, so uh, anyway, thank you guys for, for listening. Again, we have the Facebook page. Hit us up there. Twitter, uh, email. Um, just interact with us. Tell like maybe, maybe take bets on how far I make into the 12 Hours of Terror. Take bets on my time of death during the 12 Hours of Terror. Take bets on when I will openly defecate myself during the 12 Hours of Terror. <laughs> have like a Vegas-style board going with all these, <laughs> the, like, these prop bets, you know. Um, is there anything that you want to add here at the end? No, I got nothing. <laughs> I never, I never have anything. I just on don't the, go in the basement alone. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good suggestion. Um, oh, you, do, do I actually have what I was going to play? I don't have what I was going to play for the ending. Oh. I forgot to pull it up. One second. It's really important. We got to play this. So, Joe, do something. Entertain the people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I'm uh, having a good time right Yeah, now. not. Not. All right. Almost there. Stand by. All right, everybody, have a good week, and we'll talk to you later.